Juggling Podcast number 52, some interviews with and about young jugglers. Welcome to Juggling Podcast. Uh, my name is Luke Burridge and uh, Paula Brentler, uh, well, she's here, but at the moment she's having big um, tooth swelling, well, not so much tooth swelling, whole side of face swelling up kind of things going on. So uh, Paula can't really be involved in the recording of this podcast. Actually, she can be. Paula, moan for me. If you could hear that, that's Paula moaning downstairs, but she's uh, she's really, really in a bad way. She can hardly open her mouth, let alone speak, which means that today's been quite peaceful, um, but the podcast isn't going to be um, involving her quite so much, although she is involved in one of the interviews. Anyway, this let's just get straight onto it um, because of this. Uh, well, not because of that. I, because I, I wanted to do some more interviews because it's been a while since we've had any interviews um, on the podcast. I thought I would um, share with you an interview that we recorded way back at the EJC last year. And uh, we, we recorded interviews with quite a lot of people. Um, but one interview that I thought I'd save uh, was the interview with Ofek Shilton and uh, Segev Shilton's father, Robert. And the idea was that I'd put together where I'd, you know, a show where I'd uh, um, put on this interview and some interviews with other young jugglers um, that people know that you might have seen uh, videos of online or seen at juggling conventions. So that's the idea of uh, of this um, this episode is just to share these interviews that I did. First of all, uh, this interview with Robert Shilton, father of um, these two young Israeli jugglers. And then I'll get on to an interview that I recorded last night over Skype online. A more of an experiment to see how the, the online Skype interview would work. And I think it came out okay. The sound quality is not fantastic, but hopefully... Um, it's good enough for you to enjoy. I certainly enjoy doing the uh, interview with Adrian and uh, see what he's been going to be getting up to. So, without any further ado, let's just cut straight to the uh, first interview recorded last EJC with Robert Shilton. Here it is. And with us now, our special guest is um, a quite strange guest, because normally we get jugglers on here and artists on here, but this time we're actually going to get someone's father on here. So uh, the father of Segev and Ofek Shilton is Robert. Hi, Robert. Hi, how are you? Um, I'm doing really well. So this was Paula's idea. So Paula, t- tell me what, you start off with the first question for Robert. Yeah, I just thought it would be really interesting to, to get a, another, like to, to see the background, like how kids get into juggling so i'd like to to ask you how did the kids get into into the into the juggling world okay well uh it was really strange i had a colleague of mine that was doing some let's say three balls once i uh brought segev with me to my office and uh, he saw this guy juggling and then nothing <laughs> Well, afterward, there is in Israel uh, some, uh, I would say, summer trades. You Once a week, you go on the streets and you can buy some stuff. So he saw some juggling stuff there. He bought some and he was playing with uh, devil sticks and this kind. And uh, when he went to his mid-school, then uh, there were, were some uh, courses there within the uh, standard studies. They have one hour a week, and he was he, yes, yeah, sorry. He was acquainted with uh, a guy 
uh, in the course. He was the um, coach there. And he started juggling and juggled and he was better than his coach. <laughs> so that, that was Sega, that's your oldest son. How old was he when he started juggling then? Uh, I think he it was about four years. He was about uh, 13, 13, 14, something like this. And, uh, and of course, the, the big star that everyone knows is, of course, the, the, the younger brother, um, Ofek. So tell me a little bit about Ofek and how old was he when he began to juggle? Well, he started when he was seven years old. He saw his eldest brother doing some juggling. And he started uh, also to juggle three, three balls. I think within one or two weeks, he already started juggling. And... Uh, it caught it. <laughs> and then I think uh, both of them went to um, a gym that all the Israeli jugglers went there. Uh, so once a week I drove them to that place. This is the juggling club in Israel? Uh, yes, one of the juggling clubs uh, where the Roth family is uh, living. Yes, and uh, they started juggle every week. And uh, they saw different type of equipment, boards and diabolos and clubs. And uh, that's it. <laughs> so uh, how long, uh, I mean, we know uh, both of them are very good Diabolos. They have a di- great Diablo act together. But um, Ofek especially, the first time I met him was at the EJC 2003. That was uh, Polo's first convention as well. In Svendborg, yeah, I saw him. And he was uh, on stage with the, as the International Juggling Orchestra as the conductor. <laughs> and he got up in front of like 2,000 jugglers and, and showed off his Diablo skills. I mean, uh, how long had, been, had he been doing Diablo at that point when you went to the EJC? Uh I think less than a month, than a year, something like seven or eight months, something like this. It was and uh, yeah, the first uh, convention was less than a year, definitely. I just remember him playing with uh, Toby Freiburg and Tony. Tony, yeah, Tony Freiburg, and I thought it's amazing, like how how impressed he was with that little child. <laughs> yes. Also, um, he, he, they did some club passing. I think they juggled seven clubs or something past seven clubs on the Renegade stage. I was hosting the show that night, and I showed that Ofek was about the height of two and a quarter juggling clubs. That's how tall he was at the time. Yes, I have this video already. <laughs> you got that on the video? Oh, I'll maybe see that one day. Um, so that's what we did. And, of course, they came to the next uh, the EJC again and, and did that kind of, uh, their, you know, in the, in, the, um, in the main show once again with the juggling orchestra. Um, talk, please, tell me a little bit about the, the acts that they put together that we, we may have seen last year at the EJC in Ireland. Um, and, uh, yeah, talk about, a bit about... The Thieves. Yes, well... Uh, about, I think, a month or two before the uh, convention, they wanted to have a new show, a new act, and uh, there was some discussions what they will start to do that, and Segev said, I want something like Thieves. And I was scratching my head, what's the thief? What's, how uh, they, they look like, how they uh, wear something. But he took all this uh, project. Who, who's Segev? Segev, yes, Segev is the... The organizer, the, organizer, the uh, choreographer, the the music organizer, everything. Yes, yeah, I thought so. And it, it's really sweet when I when I talk to Olfek, he always says, "Ask <laughs> Definitely, yes. 
so they they actually go on stage and they do the they do some Diablo and they they you know get across the stage and they're almost like a, a battle between the two of them um, and ending up I think with three Diablos each you know um, so you just tell me a little bit about the Diablo skills I mean uh, how long does it how long does it take them to get Diablo these three Diablo solid and and we just saw them in the gym Ofec trying um, four Diablos and something else tell me a bit about what they're doing right now. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, OFEX started for Diabolos, I think, a little bit before the last convention. Uh, for three Diabolos, it took him about a year to practice, a lot of practice. And uh, first, when he started with three Diabolos, Segev was passing uh, for him the two Diabolos. OFEX started with one Diabolo, and Segev was passing to him the additional two. So it was easier to him to start to do some three. And then uh, when he started by himself, now he can hold the three Diablos. I don't know how he can hold it, but he somehow... But he's launching four by himself. Yes, launching four by himself, and now he's starting launching five. Really? Yes. Also, you just said about the Diablo passing. Just to mention that as well. Oh, this one, what they did right now, they uh, passed now seven Diablos. It's amazing. Ofek is doing four, Segev is doing three, and they are doing half shower with seven Diablos. Wow, because we just missed it. Me and Polo were doing another interview, and we, we just came in, and they were all both like, ah, oh, like, oh, yeah, passing seven, and you were all excited as well. Uh, finally, just a bit about um, Ofek, this convention. He, he got up on stage, and he performed by himself for the first time. Just tell me a little bit about that act, because it's his first time ever on stage by himself. Yes, definitely. Uh, Segev was a little bit busy this year. He's a uh, working full-time job and, uh, and also a student, so he didn't have much time. And Ofek wanted to be on the show. <laughs> but, but did he still help him out? Did he still do the music and the choreography? Definitely, definitely. Oh, okay. Everything, <laughs> all the ideas uh, are Segev, the choreography, the music. Just explain the idea behind the, this act. Well, the act is uh, like a video game. So when you start the, the game, you have to introduce the players. So you can choose the player. So what he was rotating with these clicks is choosing the player and when you choose it you go to the levels one two three and so on yeah. and so on so and he did the the, the the different levels and then we put inside the uh, dancing which is a bonus level and then the final one yeah cool I mean, did, was this idea did it come from Thomas Dietz because he has his juggle race game 2005.3 because you know Thomas Dietz has a, a, a not a similar idea but you know he goes on stage and it's the same kind of uh, um, idea in a way no no definitely you've not seen that act no no I didn't see that oh yeah I guess, I guess he performed at Petui and you weren't in the EJC well in Petui, no, in Slovenia. No, no, no. We didn't. We uh, haven't been there. Oh, okay. Well, that's cool. And I do. I must admit, I really did enjoy the dancing. The uh, the, the, the dancing. Hip -hop, hip -hop. Yeah. The hip hop dancing. Yeah, it was really good. Well, uh, any other question, Polo? Have you got any other questions about? The oh, yeah. One other thing. A bit about juggling in Israel. We, when we were in Israel, we interviewed Ori Roth, and we had a really bad technical issue. The microphone. Yeah, really good interview, but bad sound. Yeah. So, could you just tell me a little bit about, or tell us a little bit about the uh, juggling in Israel? A bit about the Israeli convention, and also the the, the famous jugglers who have stayed at your house. Yeah. Well, in Israel, uh, usually we have an annual uh, convention. Uh, usually, uh, participating about one thousand people every year in the same year in the same place with uh, uh, spring water you, you've been there yeah. 
and twice yes <laughs> and um, usually most of the jugglers are really good ones there are a lot of juggling uh, courses at schools and uh, once a week there are at least three different clubs that every week they are meet they have some meetings and uh, juggling there Usually the, the guys that participate there are really very, very high professionals. Most of them, I mean, you have uh, Eden Zaks for uh, bouncing balls, you have Orot, you have uh, amazing jugglers here. And also uh, for the juggling convention, there's lots of guest artists. We came over, we actually stayed with some, uh, we didn't stay with your family, but just tell, tell us a few of the people who've stayed with you and juggled with Ofek and uh, Sege. Yeah, well, every year before we go into the Israeli convention, so they stay about a day or two. And uh, Vovo and Olga have been with us, uh, Marco Paoletti, uh, Thomas Dietz, uh, Marcus. Uh, uh, whoa, <laughs> so many names. To Eric or Morgan? Uh Tony uh, uh, Janken. Uh, Tony Duncan. Tony Duncan, yeah. Yes. Uh, I, I forgot so many. This is like a who's who of juggling, in, in, and they've all stayed at your house. And I think this is probably, uh, in, in my opinion, this is one of the reasons why uh, your sons have got so good at, at juggling so quickly. It's because if you have Vova and Olga there, and they're teenagers, and they've got world records to their name, I mean, all Ofek and Segev know is, you know, really good young jugglers doing their thing. Yes, definitely. I think they first influenced a lot from uh, Paula, uh, from Vova and Olga. They, uh, they do the club passing, started with their influence, and then, <laughs> then it's okay. M more, more Diablo these days, though, than uh, club juggling, I see. Um, so I think that's about it, isn't it? That's, that's, that's all we've got. Well, thank you very much, Robert. It's been, it's been great and interesting to, to hear about the, uh, the progression and the, uh, and the oh, background. One last question. Oh, do you juggle yourself? Oh, yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, because we've not really ever seen you juggle. I think maybe he's doing some club juggling, but uh, you enjoy juggling Thank a lot? looking to your voice <laughs> <laughs> well I'm doing two Diablos and uh, three clubs and five balls you're never going to do like a, a Shilton's family show with you on stage as well uh, no no I will prefer that they will do that <laughs> let, let the professionals do it yeah. uh, any, any plans for the future of these guys I mean do they want to become um, performers or anything like that or are they just is it, is it just something that like a hobby while now that they're young well it's difficult to say, but they like to juggle. So they perform uh, uh, some really, I would say, cherry performance. I mean, only for a few places. Uh, they will come back to Greece uh, within a month for a, for a show here. Uh, they've been in uh, several places also. But who knows? So would you be happy if they would become performers? It depends on them. Okay. I'm happy what they are happy. <laughs> Well, that's cool. Thank you very much, Robert. It's been great talking to you. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> cool. There you go. Hope you enjoyed that and you got a little um, a bit of Polar uh, talking and asking some questions there as well. So it's not entirely without Polar this interview or this uh, podcast, sorry. So let's just move straight on again to the interview. As I said, recorded it last night with um, Adrian and again, sorry if the sound quality isn't fantastic. Uh, there was some issues with Adrian's microphone, but I, I didn't want to go through it and, and edit out every little mistake. So pretty much as we spoke last night, this is what you get. 
So here it is. So joining me now is the young juggler um, from England who's quite well known on the internet with his videos and uh, at juggling conventions in the UK. It's Adrian Pohl. Welcome to the podcast, AD. Hi. Um, so uh, again, the, the idea is to uh, for this uh, podcast episode is to talk to some younger jugglers and to sort of uh, see where they come from and see maybe where they're going to be going in the future. So uh, Adrian, why don't you just tell us your age now and how long you've been juggling, like the age you were when you started juggling? Um, I started juggling when I was nine years old, and I've been doing it for four years now, so I'm 13 years old at the moment. And so, uh, um, yeah. Why don't you just tell us how you actually started juggle? Why did you start juggling, and um, and what kind of things were you juggling early on in the in the first say six months of your juggling? Well, I um I began um like learning all these magic tricks and uh, stuff like that, and I suppose um from magic. I noticed loads of cool other performing talents, and uh, and I got into this circus called Cirque du Soleil, and um, I was really into all that sort of stuff, all this performing. Uh, but at that time, I was really, really into magic tricks. But um, I asked my mum, "Can I learn how to juggle? Um, I'd like to uh, uh, broaden my um, my my talents, and I want to juggle as well as do magic tricks." So uh, my my mum and my grandma got me um, a juggling set for Christmas once, and it had really basic equipment in it, but it got me started. And eventually, I ended up giving up magic, um, and just practiced juggling instead. So um, that's pretty much how I started juggling from this one basic uh, juggling kit that I received one Christmas. And uh, and so so you said you you got into um, Cirque du Soleil. Was that a big inspiration for you in, in performing style or, or the kind of jugglers and things that you saw there? Um, well, my first ever inspiration was Victor Key, and I noticed him um, on a Cirque du Soleil DVD. So, um, yeah, <laughs> I guess Cirque du Soleil um, really did inspire me, and um, especially Victor Key himself. And um, if it weren't for him, I don't know if I'd be juggling and taking juggling as seriously as I am now. But um, with a bit of jealousy from my brother and inspiration from him... Um, Why, could your brother... Could your brother already juggle? Well, my brother could do very basic uh, three ball stuff, um, just like I don't know, uh, two in one hand, three ball cascade, nothing, nothing impressive. But um, I said, hey, I want to learn that, and um, I had my juggling kit. I had a book that I got from the library. Uh, I sat down with my dad, picked up uh, three juggling balls, and um, that's pretty much when I started. That was my first time of juggling ever. What was the book from the library then? Can you remember the name of that or who wrote it? The book was uh, called Juggling, which isn't a very original name. Oh, just a generic, but, um, generic yeah. juggling book. Okay, it, so it was, uh, it was actually written by um, a guy that I later met at a juggling convention called Charlie Holland. Um, I'm sure you've heard of him. Yes, and, yeah, of course. Uh, and yeah, so it was cool to meet him, and I was like saying, "Wow, you're the one that pretty much taught me." So, so that was awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually fun um, when when you talk to uh, on Charlie Dancy on the on the podcast, a friend of mine, and he's you know he's got so many stories of jugglers coming up to him and said, "Oh yeah, I learned first juggling out of that book." So uh, I guess Charlie Holland gets the same uh, same kind of uh, uh, feedback in a way from that. Yeah, same kind of responses. The thing is, you talked then about um, uh, Victor Key being a big inspiration for you, but you're best known 
in your performances and your videos and uh, when people see you juggling around in, in the conventions in the UK, people see you juggling rings a lot. So why, when your biggest influence when you're starting out, Victor Key, who's best known for ball juggling, why did you go into rings? Um, I'm not too positive, but um, I, of course, um, my first uh, my first prop that I learnt was balls, and that was the prop that I concentrated on the most. Uh, probably because Victor did it, and um, and to me they were the most fun prop. But um, eventually, I picked up some rings, and um, I I just it took me a while to even enjoy them. Uh, I re- I was really attached to ball juggling. But eventually they sort of took over and um, I was concentrating more and more on rings. So I'm not too sure why, but um, yeah, rings eventually grew into my favourite prop. And um, I also saw this juggler called Norby and I suppose uh, he influenced my ring juggling a lot. And um, he sort of introduced it to me in a way. So, um, yeah, I'm not too positive. (laughs) pretty cool i mean you don't have to i'm just wondering like you say that sort of the balls you know is being from victor key over to rings but that's that's no problem so just say you know there was um of course norby influenced you as well you saw his ring juggling is there any other ring jugglers or any jugglers in like specifically who were big influences on you or have been big influences on you um over the last four years um jugglers that have had a huge influence on me have been like uh, the ones that influence a lot of people, like the most well-known jugglers, like Anthony Gatto and uh, Wes Peden. But um, I also like jugglers that not everyone does like. And I think it's healthy to have um, have in, like draw inspiration from um, jugglers that aren't necessarily as well-known as Anthony Gatto and Wes Peden. But um, to have favourite jugglers that are artistic and uh, they do sport juggling, technical juggling, I think it's good to have um, loads of inspirations uh, as well as just the uh, most well-known inspirations, if if I explain that well enough. No, no, it's great. I mean, uh, who are some of these other people? Of course, because yeah. everyone knows Anthony Gaddon and Wes Peden. Go on, throw yeah. some names out there that other people might not be into. Um, like, there's this um, juggler called uh, Octavio Alegria from Cirque du Soleil. And he's not as well-known as Victor Key, but he inspires me just as much. Um, so, yeah, he inspires me a lot. Um, I'm trying to think of who else inspires me. Um, a, lot of the, um, a lot of the younger jugglers inspire me, like Freddie Sheed. Because to have someone my age that is um, better than me, it really um, sort of gets me pushing myself. So um, Freddie Sheed inspires me. Yeah, so okay. a lot of inspire me. Well, actually, let's just talk more a bit about this, being, about being inspired by other young people, because that's really what I want to get into in this podcast, actually. Um, let me just go off on one here, because a few years ago, I actually wrote a, um, uh, something for the Cascade magazine, and it was a, it was a column, um, just about a page of writing, um, like an es- a short essay about it, and I called it, um, or it was called, I, don't, I can't remember if I named it or if it was um, Gabby, the, the editor, who named it, and we called it 12 Ball generation or the 12 ball generation and the idea was that for each person who comes along like each young juggler you know each juggler that you see because now you can access uh you know i was writing at the time when videos are becoming more and more popular and at the time you know there was only a few videos online uh, like very very few videos online and so i put up some you know i was putting up some videos online of anthony gatto and then people would see them and because they didn't see people at conventions dropping a lot or people doing shows where 
you know, because if you're doing things on shows or if you see videos of performances, you don't see the height of the person's ability, do you? Um, But when you... Yeah, what they can do most solid. Yeah, can do easily, yeah. you know. Um, but then when people started putting videos online, or if it was worth putting out practice videos of stuff that they could hit maybe one time in ten, you know, or, or one in twenty times, or maybe they've tried it a hundred times since the first time they ever caught it on video. But then they put it up online, and the new jugglers coming online just see the they just see the edited highlights of the practice sessions of some of the you know some really good jugglers, you know, some of the best jugglers in the world, and then because that's their sort of level that they think they're working towards, or that's what they think is the level of young jugglers, then even younger jugglers see them and go, oh, I'll be able to do that. And, um, and it really came home to, you know, I think I mentioned this in the article as well, that it was, um, you, know, when I, you know, I would see videos of this person or something, and then I put some videos online, and I can remember getting emails of Vova Kalchenko. This was like years ago, like back in two, maybe 2001 or something like that. And um, he was saying, oh, you know, I, I'll do that as well, or, you know, and these other jugglers would do it. And then they went to Israel a few years later, and they were juggling, and um, and then Ofek Shilton saw them. You know, they stayed at Ofek Shilton's house, and he's just a really young juggler. And if you're just, yeah. if you're only, like, guide in the world to how good you can be at juggling are some of the best club passers or some of the best jugglers in the world and they just come and stay at your house but that's the same kind of thing these people coming to stay at your house is what's happening now with with internet juggling videos so i mean when you first started off when you first got online i mean what was your you know before you'd ever gone to a juggling convention what was your view on on the level of jugglers i mean what did you think was normal i mean i'd just like to get it from a young juggler who's who's only just started juggling and is growing up now in the age of internet videos. Do you have any thoughts on that? Um, well, when when you do see these incredible videos, and I know I'm guilty for uh, just attempting an incredibly impossible trick and just hoping I get it on my 200th try, um, it can either be extremely inspirational or extremely off-putting. And um, I think the practice videos because they show the height of the juggler's um, the juggler's ability, you think perhaps that's um, that's easy for him uh, when it's not, and um, that can be quite off-putting. But um, it, it's quite controversial whether you see it as off-putting or inspirational. But I know when I first saw online internet videos, um, I, I actually found them quite off-putting, and it made me like feel, oh, I'm never gonna get anywhere near that that skill level but did i mean i mean did you think that was a normal skill level i mean just as a as a you know do you have an example of someone that you saw online because i you know i'm just thinking of of course people like thomas deitz he showed me uh you know when he first did the very first sort of like um db97531 you know and i asked him how you know when did he do it he says you know because i was at his house or something like i can't remember exactly what it was but you know i was standing in the place where i saw you know saw him filming his uh his videos that he was doing and he said oh yeah it took a it took two and a half hours practice session for that one trick the 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 db97531 with seven balls uh, uh quite a, a bonkers sight swap trick there uh, and now of course you know people online it's sort of like oh i can do it oh and i can do it and i can do it and now there's sort of like as as many people as you want to can do it, but Thomas Dietz was trying it for the first time, and and when people s- first saw that, it was like, oh, it is possible. Even though one of the best ball jugglers who has ever lived, it took him two and a half hours, you know, in one day to actually get it um, on video. So uh, you know, I mean, that's just one example that I'm throwing out there. But do, do you 
now when you look at videos, do you always think, oh, but that's not really the level? You know? Do you understand that? What I'm getting at there? Um, uh, vaguely, yeah. But um, it's like um, you like you might see a trick in a video, say DB97531, yep. and you think that's insane. And then you see another video, and you're like, perhaps it's not that impressive. In fact, there was actually a post on Rec juggling about that, I believe. But um, as well, you have to remember that there are a lot of videos on YouTube of um, less um, incredible jugglers. I'm not calling them um, amateur or anything, but that that makes you realise, well, perhaps not everyone is that good. Um, but um, it's quite a hard question to answer, but yeah. Well, I'm not sure if I'm, uh, it's a question answering, just sort of something to... I guess something to think about that was maybe just wanting some uh, some views on maybe, but that's that's a strange thing I think with these with these online videos. I mean, when you make a video, uh, let's just talk about some of your videos that you've made. Like you say, you spend a lot of time thinking of an insane trick, but then also you do sort of like mini routines that you do, and you you always think about the the music first or the choreography to the music. Just go into a little bit about you making a video. Well, uh, usually when I when I when I feel ready to make a new video. I'll just perhaps make a list on my computer of all the tricks that I could try, not even tricks that I've tried before, and then I'll go out, practice them with a camera on, and then hope I get it on camera. I tend not to get the tricks solid before I film. So, I just film and hope. So some of the times that you've done that, you've just made, you've come up with a trick, and the first time you ever do it is actually what we see on video. Is that right? Most, most of the time, yeah. But um, a lot of the time, I put simple tricks in my videos which look impressive which i know i can do um sure as well because i think um a video that is uh, solely technical tricks um can become quite tedious so i like to put a mixture of uh, easy hard artistic creative technical tricks in my videos well that's what I actually, that's what i like about your videos as well is that they seem quite honest in a way of course you're saying oh some of the t sometimes it's the first time i ever managed to do it but then you can also see it's that you you're having fun with skills that you can obviously do all the time or stuff yeah. that you recognize from your performances which i really like, like at the end of one of my videos i put a three ball routine um that i've been able to do for quite a while and it turned out to be one of my favorite parts of that video and it ended it really nicely but in that same video, I was doing like six rings and five ring technical tricks. And um, I quite liked uh, the variety in that video, the variety it added to that video. Like the contrast between a, a three ball routine and a six ring trick. But um, yeah. Cool stuff. Well, let's go move on for some videos that you've done. Let's talk a bit about you know, some of the TV stuff, that, TV work that you've done. Um, well, I think... Um, well, the first TV, um, I've done quite a bit of TV now, but uh, one of the first TV gigs I got was for a, um, a small uh, television show for the C for uh, the BBC, and it was uh, a children's show called Level Up. And um, It was called it was what, sorry? Level Up? Is that Level it? Up, yeah. Okay. And it was, it was a really, really nerve-wracking experience because it was on live television as well. But um, Wow, I, I've, I've never done live television, I must admit. You know, it's not something I've ever no. done. But, um... Or not juggling, actually, anyway. That was a really exciting experience, but at the same time, I knew I could drop so easily, and they wouldn't be able to edit it out or anything. Did you drop? But, uh, I didn't drop, fortunately. What, what kind of things did you do there for that uh, for the on the children's TV show? Well, um, basically, I um, 
did a few very simple tricks whilst walking out onto the set, and then I taught the presenters how to draw. So that was pretty much it. It was nothing too difficult, but at the same time, anything could go wrong, and they won't be able to cut it out, and everyone would see. And um, that's what made it so nerve-wracking. And how long had you been juggling at that point, then? Um, I don't know. Probably it was 2006, so probably a couple of years. Yeah, about two years. So, yeah. also, you've done some some commercials, is that right? Because I saw this one of, was it you? Uh, I can't remember who else it was, but you're, you're in Japan doing a Sony TV yeah. commercial. Tell us about that and, and what you did in Japan or, you know, wh- how you went out there and things. Well, I saw this post on uh, the juggling forum, Rex Juggling, and um, it was asking for uh, a young juggler. I can't remember what age they wanted it to be, but I was able to do it. And uh, my mum said, Adrian, you should really do this. And I actually said, no, mum, I don't see the point in doing it. They'll probably get uh, someone else to do it. And it seemed really unlikely. But uh, my mum persuaded me to email uh, to email uh, the uh, advertising company anyway. And then I um, got an email saying that I could go to Japan and film for the advert. And it was that simple? It, it was that simple. Did you send it, over a photo or video or showreel or anything like that? I, yeah, I had to do a couple of uh, videos and uh, photographs for them. But after that, um, I just got an email saying, well done, you can come over to Japan. And we sorted it out, and um, then I found out that another young juggler was going to be in the uh, advert too, called Tony Pezzo. And, um, oh, yeah, he did, did well at the IJA conventions a few yeah, years ago, didn't he? Yeah, he's a really impressive juggler. So it was great to meet him, and it was also good to do the advert with another juggler because I thought it would have been quite stressful filming it alone, and it was good to have um, some company there as well. So that was that was a pretty incredible experience, and I was lucky enough to go over to Japan to film it, because um, not many people get the opportunity to go somewhere so far like Japan. Yeah. I mean, did you get well, to see much of... If, if you're living in somewhere like England. Yeah. I mean, I would never have dreamt about going to Japan, but... Well, I keep did. up juggling. I, you know, I travel all over the world doing this kind of stuff. It's really good fun, yeah. um, which you probably know if you listen to the podcast over the past two years, I guess. Um, so, uh, so did you actually manage to see much of Japan there? Or was it pretty much get off the plane, go to the studio, turn around, go back again? Well, we were fortunate enough to uh, get to see a little bit of Japan too. Um, we weren't just um, in in the studio recording all the while, and um, we. We saw like the city centre, and um, it, it was incredible. And um, I wish I could have seen more, though. I guess I was there for a reason. Yeah, if you're yeah. there to work, you can't always yeah. you know, skive off and do touristing stuff. Well, that's uh, great that you're already getting to uh, getting to travel to to work and things like that. That's uh, that's really cool. Um, and uh, and to also be able to say, you know, yeah, I've I've worked on doing advertising, you know, juggling. On a on a, a national campaign for Sony is pretty cool in the future. Yeah, it it'll really it, plus um, I was hoping it would bring a bit of exposure, but then it hit me that this was airing in Japan. So, yeah. um But yeah, it's pretty cool though. You know, if it's a national camp- advertising campaign on TV. Anyway, so uh, finally, I think there's a you just finished doing or you were just on Britain's Got Talent. Now, I must admit, I've never actually seen um, this show because. Uh, well, it's I don't live in Britain and I'm not really that interested in um, in this kind of talent show kind of thing. Um, but over in America, there was the guys um, 
the passing zone, they did pretty well. They got down to the last 10 on, on America's Got Talent that first time. Uh, were you wanting to represent and do the same kind of thing on Britain's Got Talent? Well, to be honest, I wasn't too fond of the uh, programme itself, Britain's Got Talent. But I thought, um, I may as well give it a shot and audition anyway, because you never know where it could have taken me. Yep. And um, I did that. We went over to Birmingham. Um, the producers filmed our routine. And uh, that was basically the first round. You, the first round isn't what it might seem to be. Uh, you, you think that you just go out there and do it for the judges. but To be honest, I'm not really sure what the first yeah. round looks like. Cause I don't, <laughs> I've, not, I've only ever seen like the, a few clips of jugglers on these shows and apart from that, and the hula hoop acts that was recently on the, uh, on the Britain's Got Talent version. Um, but no, just I, what, go, go through it with us. What kind of things do you go through on these, on, on these big TV talent show things? But, um, yeah, I did it for the producers, and eventually I found out that my routine was good enough to do it in front of the judges, and um, we went to Birmingham yet again, yet again to quite a large theatre, um, the Hippodrome Theatre in Birmingham, and um, they were actually interviewing me quite a lot, and um, I didn't get a chance to warm up, and we were asking them, can I please warm up before I go on stage, or else I'll make a complete fall out of myself. And um, I kept asking them, and I still didn't get a chance to warm up. And next thing I knew it, um, I was backstage, ready to audition. But I went out anyway. Um, it was a pretty good routine. But at the end, um, I kind of messed up my six-ring um, run. And it took me about literally about three or four attempts to actually nail the six-ring pull-down. But um, I got through that round. And um, I was I was quite glad. Was that the that one was... where you have the judges buzzing you and things like that? Yeah, that is the round where the judges buzz you. And I did get buzzed by one of the judges uh, called Simon Cal. Well, of course. And, and then he accused me of being a terrible juggler for dropping and all that. But the other two judges liked it because they said I had good charisma and uh, a good stage presence. And um, the next round after that yeah. is uh, um, the judges sit in a room and watch all the auditioners whatever you would call them, all yeah. the people who auditions, um, auditionees, routines, yeah. Auditionees, yeah. Uh, routines on video again. Ah, okay. And then make the list of people that get through to the semi-finals even smaller. And unfortunately, um, that's where I got knocked out of the competition. Why is that? Because then they look at all the jugglers who've taken part so far and yeah. just take the best jugglers and all of the dancing groups that have taken part so far and just take the best ones. Is that right? Something like that? Um, I don't know if it's done quite like that. Oh, okay. um, they just they don't do it in any particular um, pattern. I don't think. Okay. I think they just pick the best forty out of all the um, all the people that have auditioned. It could be forty dancers or singers, but obviously it's not. But um, yeah, and that's when I got taken out of the competition. Oh, okay. I didn't know you'd been knocked out already. I thought you were still um, in. you you had you still no. might be able to go back. I'm not, I'm not in the competition anymore. Oh well. Well, so, I mean, was uh, it? Was it a good experience? Did you have a good, have fun taking part in uh, some of this? The performing part of it was quite fun, but um, it was um, it, it was the most nerve wracking experience I've done. It was even worse than the time I had to do live television. Yeah. Because I knew that people would be watching this on the television screens um, later on, and oh, the thought of that and the thought of messing up is enough to drive you mad. But, um, yeah, I bet. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, like how long did you actually have on stage? I mean, how how much time? Uh, do, I mean, how much material could you actually get through in the time that you're given? They give you about two minutes to get through your routine, so you got to pick the best bits and then um, 
and then uh, convert convert your routine into an even smaller one, so that it can fit into that two minutes. But um, I think I did quite well that round if it wasn't for the uh, few drops at the end. But yeah. Well, that's so, the thing. I guess it's just to get it, get your routines get cleaner and cleaner and cleaner. Um, so actually, I mean, would you actually recommend any if sort of this was coming to another country around the world? Would you recommend to other jugglers to take part? You know. Um, um, I don't know if I would recommend other jugglers to take part, to be truthful. Oh. Because, um, I, personally, I wasn't too fond of the experience. But I guess if they want to give it a shot, then fair enough. Okay, but, um, Personally, it wasn't the greatest experience I've ever had, to be totally honest. Okay then. Well, let's just actually move on to some because this is like one kind of competition. Let's talk about some other competitions that you've taken part in because um, I know that you've taken part in WJF competitions and of course the British Young Juggler of the Year competition. So uh, uh, yeah, why why do you um, yeah t tell us a little bit about that? Some of the some of the stories of your competitions that you've taken part in. Well, I think the first competition I competed in out of the three that I have competed in has. The, was the um, the 2007 Bar routine, and I did pretty well in that, and I won it, which was really cool, and that and that really like that really encouraged me to go for it next year, which I did, and I did my baby Bono routine then, which was a load of fun, and um, I also did the WJF um, Juniors competition, and I was lucky enough to get over to America to compete in that with the help of Jason, so yeah, that. So they're basically the three competitions I've competed in. Oh, okay. I thought you might have uh, might have done more competitions, but that's cool. No. Um, so, of course, you managed to get a, a silver award in both British Young Juggle of the Year shows, um, which is the... Uh, uh, I, I can't remember what you won for those prizes. I can't remember exactly what the uh, what the prizes were, but um, you you um won them i guess it's mainly but well i say it's mainly because one of the things that uh, you have to do is a sort of a clean routine and a professional routine to get sort of a um a silver award and the judges choice award um uh, just tell us a little bit about the kind of things that you actually do in your show of course people will be able to see it um they've probably seen it before either live or on video or they there's a chance to do it just check out on youtube i guess you both of videos on youtube or on juggling.tv but just go through what kind of things that you concentrate on in your shows and in your performances that you do well um one of the things i do concentrate on is my stage presence which is uh, very lively very energetic and um the first time i used it was in the by 2007 I think it was from nerves because I was so incredibly nervous. I just went out there, um, so nervous that I perhaps tried to cover it up with a smile. And then at the end, I ended up jumping up and around like, like a crazy little twelve-year-old. And um, I used that um, for for future performances. And I think my stage presence and my charisma is what helps out in making um, my performances uh, kind of unique and sort of unique to me so cool yeah so you um, i mean there's a good answer to the question i can remember asking you this before as well that you're 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 more about your your, your stage charisma and personality than you are about the actual juggling skills even though they're very clean and very um quite technical especially compared to uh, other jugglers in the uk well i tried i tried to balance um balance um the sort of performance aspect of my routines and the juggling um, out so they're sort of equal 
And um, I think if like, you can't make up for bad juggling just with stage presence, I don't think. And you can't make up um, for bad stage presence just with juggling. I think you need a bit of both to have a successful performance. Personally, that, that's what I think. That's really cool. I mean, that's a lot more, uh, you know, clear way of looking at it than many people would look at it. They, you know, because so many people just go, okay, I'm going to make a, uh, a juggling routine. And it's just all tricks, you know. And I'm glad that you, even in this early stage of your, of your juggling, I guess you're a few years into it, and, uh, and other people would probably juggle within a few, like on stage within a few years of ta- like actually picking up juggling. But you seem to already been progressing quite a bit in that way, uh, which is pretty cool. Anything else that you think about when you're performing? Anything else that you uh, like to concentrate on? Um, um, I can't think of anything. Just don't drop. But the problem is, if you think about a drop, if you think about dropping when you're on stage, then you will drop. So, um. Don't think about dropping when you're performing. Yeah, and especially it's once more. you've just dropped, don't think about it. This is the this is the worst thing. And also, don't try not don't think about not thinking about thinking about uh, <laughs> the drop that you've just had because that happens so often. You you make one drop, the next time you drop is going to be the next trick, you know. And then the next time you drop is going to be the next trick. But if you can get past that little hurdle, it's like you put that drop behind you. It's it's very easy, or it's a lot easier than to get to the end of the routine without dropping. And that's something yeah. I, I find. Um, quite a lot so let's talk a bit more about competitions in general you've taken part in a few of these of course the wgf which is much more technical the more technical side of things and then of course the british young juggler of the year which is more uh, performing side and of course britain's got talent which is like very it has to be all about the performing because nobody has a clue about the skills or the technical level of what you're doing nobody actually knows about the talent of juggling uh, does yeah. this actually have a like a positive impact on your juggling well, I suppose you really do have to think about charisma and stage presence when you're um, auditioning for Britain's Got Talent because yeah. it's the public. They don't. That's what I'm saying. That's all. Yeah, I mean, that's the that's the, that's the yeah. whole of almost the 100 percent of what you've got to think about, and the juggling yeah. is is a bit more secondary, I guess. They don't care if you do a three ball one up or a three ball three up. It's all the same to them. But for a juggling audience, um, I might I might alter my routines to make them slightly more um, technical. But um, for a public, I might lower the technicality of the routine. So um, I think it's also important to think about the audience when you're building a routine, what audience you're going to be performing this for, and make sure that you're able to alter, alter the routine so that it's suitable for, the, for, the, um, for, for like different, for different audiences. Yeah, sure. Uh, so, yeah. No, I'm just saying it has, you know, the idea of taking part, like say, okay, I'm, I, I'm thinking of taking part in the, in the British Young Juggler of the Year. Does that actually influence on what you work on or, or you know, are going to take part in the WJF this year? Uh, does that, again, does that influence what kind of juggling that you do and do, do you think you're a better juggler because of the competitions? Oh, well, um, if you're thinking about like, if you're like going to compete in a certain competition, then um, of course the sort of practice that you do might change. Like, uh, if that's what, if that's the sort of question you're asking. So if you're doing a bajatu routine, then you're going to practice tricks that, that, that are sort of similar to the ones in your bajatu routine. But if you know you're going to be competing in the Jeff routine, then you're going to be practicing your most technical tricks. Yeah, but sure. And, would you would you practice those kind of tricks without thinking about? I mean, if the WJF or the British Young Juggler of the Year, if those competitions or even Britain's Got Talent, if these didn't exist at all, do you think you'd be as good as a juggler or as good of a performer now as without those opportunities? That's a, that's a question for um, me. Well, 
if if I didn't have by Jotty, then I don't think I'd be as good a performer as I am now. Because knowing that I'm going to be performing in by Jotty is really like pushing me and helping me to think and like work out the sort of juggling that I'm going to practice. And um, those competitions really push you and help your juggling and often make your juggling better. Like, um, yeah. Cool. Good to know. Uh, yeah, I'm just trying to get sort of like the young juggler's perspective on this. Um, and a bit about you were saying a bit before about your practice, you know, uh, just just talk a bit about, you know, how much pra- practice time do you put in? Because when I was a young juggler, I, I learned how to juggle when I was like, uh, you know, 11 years old or something. But it took me a long, long time to actually start putting in more than like just a few minutes of practice, you know, until I was putting in like over an hour uh, of juggling a day or on average let me say that way you know it took a long time so so how how quickly did you get into it so you were actually doing proper practice sessions regularly it probably actually took me a year or two until i uh, started practicing uh, properly and even like um really concentrating on juggling and uh, taking it more seriously and um after a couple of years i was probably practicing two or three hours a day if i could and um, now I probably only practice an hour a day, uh, an hour on average a day, which probably isn't too good. But um, one thing that's pretty annoying is that I don't have enough height in my house to practice as much as I'd like to. Yeah. But I try to practice at least an hour a day. Cool, good stuff. And uh, and what props do you use? Go on, brands of props. What kind of things do you use now? Um, at the moment, uh, ring-wise, I'm using Absolute Rings. Cool. Um, and I use them because most rings, like, they really hurt your hands um, if you don't juggle them the correct way. But um, I find absolutes, they have a nice round edge, so they're not so painful and uh, they're slightly thicker, so they're nicer to juggle, they don't wobble in the air. Yeah. So I juggle them. Um, I um, juggle dolphin clubs um, because they're cheap and they don't break, <laughs> and I like the way they spin. Yeah, they're quite and sturdy, aren't they? Yeah. And I use MMX balls, which are like a, um, a plastic shell filled with seeds. So it has a nice uh, squishy feel in your hand, but it also uh, flies through the air nice and accurately. Yeah, they're like the DX balls, but from play juggling, aren't they? Yeah. Cool, good stuff. Uh, just Let's just quickly finish up this interview then, because uh, I don't really have that many other questions to just to talk about. But... Um, I talked a lot about what you have done. What are your like, plans for the future? I mean, what... And who's influencing you these days? Of course, you're thinking, yeah, I'm working towards other competitions and I'm thinking about performing, but is there anyone who's really catching your eye and, uh, and what do you plan on doing, say, over the next over the next year or so? Well, uh, the person that, I, that is catching my eye at the moment is a juggler called Octavio Alegria, and um, a lot of his style has shedded onto me. And um, I'm, not, I'm not copying him, but I'm being influenced by him. So uh, he's a big inspiration at the moment. God, just for uh, people who don't know, this is the uh, this is the Cirque du Soleil. Yeah, just tell yeah. tell people a little bit about what you like about him and what kind of style of juggling he does. Yeah, and um, I suppose his he's um, well he's a Mexican juggler, and the typical Mexican style is like really fast club juggling and um, really sort of zanzy and um, energetic. And um, he actually juggles sombreros, and um, I've actually saved up to buy myself some sombreros as well. So um, he's a really cool juggler, and um, I, I really aspire to be as good a performer as him one day too. Yeah. 
yeah, this whole sort of like the Latin style, the uh, or the Cuban style, or whatever they call that kind of juggling as well. I think it is uh, it's very interesting. Um, the sort of like the high speed tempo, and of course, a lot of these jugglers do ball bouncing as well. So sort of like five ball force bouncing, like millions of patterns around the legs. It's a very sort of distinctive yeah. style of performances, uh, very circus style as well. But uh, yeah, I, I I enjoy that kind of stuff, and I'd I'd love to have that kind of speed and energy on stage. But of course, um, I, I don't often have that much space to perform in as well but you know it's a, i find it probably you can do that kind of performance on a, on a smaller stage but you know kind of smaller stage that i'd often perform on but um uh maybe that's maybe it's not me to wear the to wear the uh the sparkly vests and things like that i'm not sure <laughs> anyway so what what are your plans then for the next say uh, year have you, have you got any performances or other competitions coming up um i'm performing in um in leicester soon which is in the east midlands of the uk Okay. Um, at of them, I'm doing a ball routine, which is slightly odd for me, but I suppose it's good to try new things out, especially on stage. Yeah. It it could turn out to be a matter of trial and error. Um, but you think you, you, this might lead to sort of more varied, not just ring juggling from you on stage in the future? Well, um, I suppose it does, but I have also incorporated uh, clubs into my routine, so I'm doing more club juggling. Um, I'm bringing more and more props into my act, uh, because I think the more props the more varied, especially if you're not planning on having several routines, which yeah. uh, I don't. Um, so I don't want to be known in the future to perform just rings. I want to do clubs, balls and everything. But uh, I'll slowly add more and more props to my act yeah. as uh, I go along. Also, you, you, we met, you mentioned on the chat the other day that, uh, you know, we were just chatting about this interview. You said you're putting a unicycle into a future act. Is that right? Um, yeah. I'm learning to juggle on the unicycle and... Um, it's really good fun, and uh, the public like it. So uh, if I perform for the public, I'll be putting that into my act. That's if I get it solid. And um, I think I think that's pretty impressive. So, yeah, I'll definitely put that into my act someday. So. Cool. Um, finally, really, is there is there anything else that you want to share? Because this is something I, I always ask people, you know, if they're, you know, when I interview them, is there any question that I've not asked you that you want to answer? Um try not to like be influenced so much by jugglers that you try to be them um be yourself when you juggle and don't try to copy other jugglers i think that's really important and you should bear that in mind so if you're incredibly inspired by anthony gatto don't totally copy his style invent your own so yeah cool good stuff then ad uh um i'm not i'm not sure there's anything else i need to say or anything else i need to introduce so uh any you've got anything um, no. No. <laughs> okay then. So, well, let's yeah. just wrap it up there then. It's been great talking to you, Adi. Maybe we'll get you back on um, in maybe five years' time or something and see, you know, when you've when you're sort of uh, like a real adult. And um, that's the thing when you sort of you see Wes and um, when he was like uh, a lot younger when I first saw him. He must have been about thirteen years old or something when I first saw him at the IGA. And now he's eighteen or something, and he's come a he's come a long, long way in uh, in his juggling and a long, long way in the juggling world as well. So maybe. In five years' time, four or five years' time, we'll see you um, at the same level. I'd like to think that. You know, there's no reason why not. So hopefully, I will. Oh, I'm so. just, say- I'm just saying. There's, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. there's, there really is. There is no reason why jugglers can't start younger and younger. And um, and that's what you think. You see, someone like Anthony Ghetto, and if he was, like, oh, it's only because he started when he was five years old. It's like, yeah, but these these young jugglers who are who are now blowing me away technically at the age of like twelve, thirteen, fourteen. Um, yeah, just wait till they're 
wait till they're 25 um, and we'll see how they go so I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing you develop as a juggler in the future and uh, and also see yeah a bit more varied performance from you in the future as well Eddie not just not just the rings all the time I think yeah definitely I'll keep I'll keep my mind on that okay well thanks a lot and uh, and see you later Eddie okay see you next bye Well, hope you've enjoyed this episode. That's pretty much it for for now uh, until probably next week. Uh, hopefully I'll get some of these juggling podcasts out a little bit uh, a bit quicker because it's been about two weeks between each one and hopefully I'll be able to do them a bit bit more uh, irregularly. Um, one thing that I did actually want to get onto is um, is this uh, thing that someone asked us some bit of feedback from the Facebook group. I might as well answer some questions on here. Uh, well, one in one specifically. Let me just see if it's going to come up now. Nope, Facebook isn't coming up. Anyway, someone said, um, I'm coming to Berlin next week or next month, sorry, for around about 18th of uh, around about 18th of June or something like that. And it says, what can I do in Berlin? The thing that you should do is go over to a website called circulum.de and check on check out the uh, the juggling nights and the unicycle nights. So places that I go, the best juggling clubs in Berlin. Certainly uh, Thursday night, no, not sorry, uh, Tuesday night, get along to uh, the juggling club on on Tuesday night there's normally around about i guess 30 people there really high level of jugglers there lots of um, lots of professionals that you can talk to and juggle with lots of passing going on generally combat going on every every Tuesday night as well and uh, and lots of other cool stuff uh, the other night that you should get along there is a Thursday night now that's not in any uh, in any juggling club that's not in a hall uh, it's actually volley club. So get down to the tier garden outside the front of the uh, of the Chancellery building, which is pretty much you go to the Reichstag and keep walking straight on from the Reichstag through the park, and you'll see a volley club net up probably from around about six o'clock each Thursday night, and you can play volley club there. Uh, so uh, that's that's pretty cool. And the other thing that I do in Berlin, uh, juggling wise, is of course the Sunday night club, which is uh, down at um, Rockstrasse, which is right down next to the Hackischermark uh, S-Bahn station. Again, you can find this information on the uh, oh telephone's going off. Uh, you can find this information on the um, uh, the the circulum.de website. So check it out. The other things that you can do uh, is see if there's any open stage shows that are going on if you want to perform or if you just want to see some of the shows. Although in the summer, uh, this time of year, they start getting less and less popular. Otherwise, just pretty much hang out. Go to any park in Berlin. Walk down any street. You'll see people with uh, unicycles, um, kids with unicycles. I just saw like four or five of them cycling down the street outside my house just now. Uh, and the other thing that you can do is, like you say, go to a park and find jugglers. And if you drive in Berlin, you'll see lots of jugglers performing at traffic lights and they come on, they do a quick show. So you can always catch jugglers pretty much anywhere you want. But the best thing to do, go to circulum.de and uh, you'll find information there. Of course, it's all in German, uh, but you can pretty much work it out. Uh, it's, it's really not that difficult at all. So that's about it. Uh, that's uh, all the feedback that I have from the uh, from the Facebook group, and I'm sure I had I did actually have some other emails coming up soon. Hopefully, I'll be doing some more interviews, and I really want to get some more in-depth discussion about different topics. So it's not just talking about jugglers and what they're doing, but sort of like a few more views on uh, juggling in general, and art, and performing, and uh, technical juggling, and all these different stuff. So if you've got any ideas of people that I could interview, please send them in because uh, I want to do more interviews over Skype. Uh, I just need to. You know, just one more interview. I think I'll be able to get the sound quality a lot better yet again. Hopefully you've enjoyed this. I certainly have. My name's Luke Burridge. Catch you next time on The Juggling Podcast. <laughs>